You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Robert Smith, your host. This is the Fair Game Podcast. Today's guest joins us from Florida, where he's on the board of directors for the Pasco County Fair and just recently completed his time as president of the Florida Federation of Fairs. Folks, this is Mr. Jim Ward. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. I am thrilled to be here today. So you just wrapped up your time as president of the Florida Federation. What kind of adventure was that given the year we've had? It was a total adventure. I mean, everything that we thought we knew about handling going to fairs or being president of Florida Federation totally went out the window because from, well, my presence, he started really not even at convent, what would have been convention last year really started in June because of not being able to get together and everything. And by the time we were the nominating committee and everything was finally able to get together and do stuff, it was June. So I really took over in June and right away, you know, you want to go out, you want to meet people and we couldn't. So we started podcast and, you know, you know, I can't say enough. I mean, the, the biggest thing that we did was zoom meetings and, and away we went every week yeah. from three to four. Yeah. So. You guys were, you guys were busy. I mean, it, it definitely was not a conventional year for, for any fair associations, but for you coming on as president of the, of the Federation, uh, what an adventure it had to have been and, and a ch- real challenge for you. One of the things I really enjoyed seeing, especially come January, when things started to loosen up, when Governor DeSantis said, you know what, we're, we're opening for business. We're, we got to get moving again. I enjoyed seeing the effort that you and Dan West, who's the director of the Federation, the effort you both made going to so many fairs in Florida to be seen. How many fairs in total did you guys visit this year? I did 28 fairs one time visit. Then there was another four or five fairs that I visited multiple times. So I was over 40 fairs total for from middle of January to um, Saturday. Saturday was our last fair when um, West Palm closed. They closed Sunday, but that was our last visit was to West Palm. Yeah, because West Palm they uh, they had their mini fair in right. January, and then they they bumped uh, the full full deal, the full party to May. It was, um, I'm glad they were able to have it. It was sad that we were, you know, we couldn't have them at convention, but I think given the circumstances, all of us were definitely cheering them on that they were Absolutely. doing what they were doing at West Palm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and when we were there Saturday, the crowd was there. I mean, and the Friday night before we got there was the best last Friday they'd ever had in fair history. So that was really cool. And that's saying something because let's for the for the folks listening to, to give some some context. There's a reason that fair in West Palm Beach runs in January, because by May it is hot like a son of a gun. Yes, so, sir. And now any of these other like you know the fairs in Texas or whatnot are like yeah tell us about heat we get it, but this fair to have record numbers like that at a time where it was really hot. And the, the folks aren't used to going out to a fair in that weather. They're used to doing something else, going out on the, getting out of the water and going fishing, going scuba diving, doing, going to the day at the beach. That says something for that fair. And it says something for how much the folks in Florida want to be back at their fairs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and Vicki and I talked when we were down there Saturday and normally, 
you know, it's a three, four week process before the fair opens. So the folks are used to driving by on Southern Boulevard and they're used to seeing things being put up and stuff like that. This time, all this equipment was sitting at state fair because it ended because they had to move back also. And they had to go from state fair closing on Sunday to them opening. So it only had like a week to get, or if that even to get everything down there and get it set up. So it's kind of like nothing there. And all of a sudden, poof, here's a fair. And everybody was like, okay. And they weren't too sure. And then all of a sudden here they came and the weather was like, the weather was wonderful. It was nice and cool Saturday night. And so yeah. that was nice. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic fair. You know, I was there several years ago and the, the work that they do at that fair. I mean, there's you're over at Pasco, which is, I mean, that's a small County fair to look yeah. at South Florida fair at scale. I, the, the, the job that Vicki and her team do is amazing. It's just Absolutely. a fantastic event. So listen, you did 28 uh, individual fairs. You spent about 41 days at fairs. That's a lot of time traveling around the state how many did you keep track of the miles do you know how many miles you did of course we did <laughs> of course, there's a reimbursement or something right there has well to be. For, for some yes for some no um <laughs> at convention they're again going the one time with dan and now adding on west palm i was at over 6500 6500 miles with the fairs i went to multiple times and stuff I was over 7,000 miles for the month. I mean, for the season. 7,000 miles. 7,000 miles. And that's just in the state of Florida. Just in Florida. Are you really glad that you're president of Florida and not Texas? Uh, you know, you know, that's me. a lot of miles, man. It is. For a, a moder- I mean, although I think, I think people, Florida's deceptive because it, it only takes, you know, an hour and 40 minutes or so to drive across the state. But well, it takes six hours or so to go top to bottom. I mean, it's a long state. Yeah, well, but what we would normally do if we were anywhere below me, so right. Palmetto below where Dan's at, right. I would drive to Palmetto, which is 75 miles one mm-hmm. way, and then out we'd go. Anything above me, Dan would come to me, which there again, 75 miles, and out we'd go. We never stayed overnight anywhere. I mean, so like, yeah. So what, like one of our trips was, I went to him. We drove across the state to St. Lucie County. Yep. Spent all afternoon there on a Saturday. Came back across the state to Fort Myers. Spent the evening there at that fair. Got back to Palmetto. Got home. I got back to Dade City probably 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Our, our, probably our funnest trip, though, was we met – in Hardy County, Terry actually, our who's our, was my second vice president, first vice president now. Yeah, and we were just going to drop my truck there, and then going down. Well, Terry was so excited to see us that he wanted to show us around. So we spent two and a half hours with him. <laughs> drove down to Martin County to see Jay Spicer, who's another one of our directors. Spent yep. all afternoon with him. Left there about five thirty six o'clock. Drove up to Highlands County. Went to the fair there in Sebring, spent another two, three hours there, drove back to Hardy County to Terry's fair, spent another three to three hours there. By the time everything was said and done, left there a little after midnight and drove home. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, that was our typical, here we go. Well, listen, from the fair managers that I spoke to at the convention and from, from listening to people, it felt like 
you and Dan making those visits a priority, it really meant a lot to those fair managers. Well, we hope so. And, and not just to the fair managers. Our message when we went to these fairs was, one, to the fair management, thank y'all for opening. To the concessionaires, thank y'all for being here, and thank y'all for opening. To the entertainers, thank y'all for being here. Because there were some entertainers that didn't travel outside and didn't want to get in crowds. But to the ones that were there, thank y'all for being here and being a part of what's going on. And then we met with the Midways and told the Midways, thank y'all for being here and thank y'all for being opening. We told everybody. And, and what we saw, we saw an industry that came closer and closer together that everybody was working together to make sure that everything was working like it should. And we were just, you know, thrilled with that. And then there was a lot of uh, concessionaires and a lot of entertainers that, you know, I might not have seen in several years, but I got to talk to them and, or to meet some new ones and, and introduce Dan to folks because there again, you know, I know a lot of people and, and I know no strangers. So I introduced Dan to a lot of folks. And then we had others that traveled with us. Danny Alfonso from Manatee County went to several fairs with us. Eddie Pacelli from yep. Spaghetti Eddie's went to several fairs with us. Um, or we'd say, hey, we're going somewhere. And Eddie Corr from Miami would meet us there or something like that. So our, our fair board, as, as far as Florida fair board, would meet us at fairs and stuff like that. This past weekend, Fran Crone, who is our new um, secretary, our new treasurer with Florida Fed, she was over there at South Florida Fair. Um, Henry County Fair folks were down there. So it was nice to see other fair folks out and about visiting fairs yeah. too. Yeah, that's one thing that <clears throat> for all the states that I perform in, the one real thing that I, I find very special about Florida is you guys really do make it an effort to go visit each other's fairs. If you Obviously, if you're not, I mean, there's some fairs that are running concurrently. They can't do that, but the fairs that are off really do make an effort to go out. I, I just don't see that in a lot of other, a lot of other States. Yeah. Our, our, the state of Florida, we are a very tight unit. Um, we, we share ideas. We lean on each other. Um, you know, we, we know when things are bad in each other's fairs or our lives or whatever. And, and, you know, they can, can console with us and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we, we're very tight. But, you know, you talk about, you know, fairs overlapping stuff. The day that we did the Hardy Martin Highlands back to Martin County thing, that was Saturday before my fair opened on Monday. You the did Friday that two, two days before your fair opened? Yeah, yeah. And then oh, you need to get that, your head checked. You need to then, get your head examined. And then three days before that, I had to go visit Osceola County. And then four days before that, so I was in Henry County. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before we opened on Monday, I did five fairs in those three days just to make sure I got those folks in to say thank you. And I had my stuff at our fair taken care of, so I wasn't worried about, you know, missing stuff. I made sure all my independent concessionaires were set up and where they needed to be ahead of time. So, uh, You know what? I'm, I'm Right here on the show, I'm creating an award. We're going to call it the Hustle Award, and we're, we're going to call it the Jim Ward Hustle Award. And you get you to put be- Dan in with it too, though. And Dan, <laughs> like, man, that's a, I'll tell you what. I mean, we, as entertainers, we drive. We go a long way. We do some real long hauls to make these fairs happen. But to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and like, wow. Really? That's yeah. impressive. What's something you've learned about yourself uh, over this last year being president of the Florida Fed? 
I, I knew I was passionate about the fair industry. I didn't realize how passionate and how humble it was to be in that position. I, I, I was very, um, when folks came up to me at fairs and recognized and knew who I was, I, I became very humble, um, very honored that these folks would recognize me. And then, you know, through the power of Facebook and, and photos and stuff, you know, Dan and I's mission was to take pictures with folks to show we'd been out, but also to give recognition to folks for being, you know, there and stuff. And as the time went on and people would see it, we'd get phone calls, Bradford County up in Stark. Hey, we saw y'all on Facebook. You're coming to our fair, right? Please come. And I was like, how can you say no? Start the same way. So, I mean, so two different Wednesdays, we were at those two fairs, you know. Um, we walked into Hernando County Fair, and Lee Stevens has been a friend of mine for years back when he had Baboon Lagoon. And, but I haven't seen Lee in a number of years. And he's, you know, a concessionaire now. Him and Judy have a, a funnel cake stand. And I, we walked in, and we were standing over, and they were doing the opening ceremonies. And Lee looked at me and saw me as soon as it was over with and came to me and said, thank y'all for coming. Thank y'all for being here. And can, can I take a picture with you and Dan? And, and the joke got to become, we were bookends because Dan and I are both six four six five, Right. So everybody's, you know, a lot shorter than us. But to have people come and say, hey, can, can we have our picture taken? Please, thank y'all. And then they started thanking us for coming. It, it was really very humbling and, and I, I knew I had a passion for the industry. I, it's even stronger now. It really is. It's stronger now. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I I, um, I got to give props um, <clears throat> to everyone. Speaking of the of the federation, everyone that was involved in planning for that convention uh, earlier this month in Naples, it was, I think, one of my best conventions. Didn't book a single thing coming out of it. But that's not unusual for Florida. That's yeah, a lot of you guys, your budget's coming up in July. It's another month or right. so before that really gets going. Um, but it felt like as much as there's usually a balance between social time and business time, it felt like this was just really the party that we'd all been waiting. It was like the comeback party. Yeah. People really were happy to be back together again. I, I agree. And, and, and Robert, that was part of the thing. When we met... Our, the executive board met down there. Um, we started talking about what, you know, sometimes you feel really stuffy and every, it's almost like suits and, you know, formal bang, bang, bang. And so we were talking and we didn't want it to be that formal. We still had business we had to do. Don't get me wrong, but we didn't want anybody feeling uncomfortable. We wanted everybody to feel welcome and stuff. And even with the, the theme of the party and everything, president's party that we had, you know, Ron, we visited the hotel, we'd walked out and we were standing there and we were talking about, Rhonda says, you know, Rhonda Ward, who's no relation to me, who's president now, and she's general manager of Collier County Fair. It was her job to come up with the theme of, for the convention party and all that stuff, president's party, sorry. And she goes, what do you do? I said, Rhonda, I'm boring. I teach high school. <laughs> Boring. I teach high school. I love it. I, 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 I go to fairs. I go to Florida Gator football and softball games. The highlight of Florida Gator football game is between third and fourth quarter. We sing, we are the boys from Florida. And then Tom Petty's, we won't back down. Ron said, that's it. 
Florida Fairs won't back down. And we didn't. Florida Fairs opened up and ran like they're supposed to. And we proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt, we could do it and we could do it safely. And everybody did. You know, and so that was the theme of the President's Party. That's the reason everybody had their college pro whatever team shirts on and stuff. And we just had a blast. Um, I had so many people come up to me after the party and said, yeah, this was one of the best parties we'd ever had. And, and it, there again, and sorry for the bell. There's there's the high school teacher. That's the high school bell, yes. <laughs> Just uh, full disclosure to anybody listening, he has no kids in the classroom today because it's at the and end I'm, of the and, 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 and this is actually my lunch period. So and he's on his good. lunch period, so he's good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> so so it was it was something that was very relaxed, and that's what we wanted. And, and then, you know, we, we got the pictures in there, and everybody was jumping in to take the pictures. And I can't thank Lane, you know, enough for – um, coming in with his photo unit and everything. Wayne, Wayne Weatherman and him and Tracy Thompson were the two that came up with all the decorations for the president's party and for the gala on Saturday night and, you know, knocked it out of the park and middies. I mean, wow. I mean, I, I walked in and I knew some of the stuff, you know, because I helped build some of the stuff for the president's party. But when I walked in there and saw everything they had, I, I was blown away. I, I was, there again, very humbling. Yeah. Very humbly. But, and, and let me add one more thing if I can. Of course. We didn't get to have a convention last year because of everything that was going on in COVID. So this year for the president's party, it wasn't just about me. Bill Olson, who was our president the year before, I made sure that Bill was included. We put some posters up in there for the college and pro teams that he likes. And the, you know, we threw out little orange footballs that said Florida Fairs won't back down. Um, and then we had, little blue baseballs with yellow writing on them that said Florida Fairs won't back down. He's a big Milwaukee Brewers fan and that's their colors. Right. So I made sure that he was included in this because, you know, that it was the right thing to do. So. Well, it was, for me, it was just an amazing moment to finally, like it was fun because I got to go down in the spring to go to a couple fairs with, uh, with Kyle Palmer with the, and help him with the robot but to be back at the convention and see everybody all at once. And that, that party just felt like everybody was uh, like we were back, you know, yes. things felt for the, I think that might be the first time since all hell broke loose on March 11th of 2020, that life, even if only for a few days in a very little pocket of Naples, life felt normal. Life felt like things were going back the way they were supposed to go. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, that was the thing. The thing we talked about with the hotel, you know, they were requiring their staff to wear masks and, and guests to wear masks when they were in open spaces down below the lobby and stuff like that. And one of the main things we talked about when we met with them on the second floor where it's our convention or in the, uh, you know, in the varsity room or the locker room where the um, hospitality right. suite was. Yeah. No mask in there. And they said, yes, absolutely. Matter of fact, I, I got on um, one of the girls that worked for the hotel that was our liaison with the hotel. Several times she'd come up to talk to me or Dan or whatever. And I was like, look, you're on our floor. Take your mask off. And she laughed and she'd take it off. But I didn't want her feeling uncomfortable having to wear a mask around us when she didn't need to. I mean, there was no need for right. that. Um, I read lips when I talk to people most of the time anyway. And with a mask on, I can't understand a thing you say. So, right. Well, I always found the mask thing kind of interesting since um, going down to Naples. That was the first time I've flown since all this happened. 
And I oh. found it very interesting that we've been told, oh, no, no, you're you get plenty of oxygen through the mask. It's just fine. You can go work out with the mask on. You'll get plenty of oxygen. What did the Southwest security briefing say? Should those little yellow masks fall from the ceiling, remove yeah. your face covering before applying the oxygen mask? And it's like, yeah. but if I'm getting plenty of oxygen when I'm <laughs> running with a mask on, yeah. I still get plenty when I'm shoving that pure oxygen thing like right on my face. Come on now. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It just, it, we've gotten so much backwards information and it, it, somewhere in that, that's been my struggle. Somewhere in all of it is accurate information. And I think that's what we've all struggled to figure out. What is the accurate information? Um, the million dollar question here that I'm getting at here, you're, you're at the Pasco County fair. You had your fair in 2020. Cause that happened just before all right. hell broke loose. And then you got your fair in 2021. Obviously <clears throat> this February, you, all of you are monitoring your case counts locally and, and statewide. Yes. In the I know we did statewide. Yes. And the weeks leading up to during and after. Yes, sir. So, Two weeks during the fair and in the two or three weeks after the fair, did your county or that area have a massive spike in cases like all the talking heads in the media said was going to happen? Okay. I tracked the data, not just for our fair, but I tracked it for every fair in the state of Florida. During their fair, but two weeks prior to their fair, during their fair, and two weeks after their fair. No one, I repeat, no one was a super spreader in the state of Florida. One county had a hundred, it went up a hundred people after their fair. But the county had over 600,000 people in it. That is not a super spreader. Mm -hmm. And they can't prove that it was even on that side of the county where the fair was or those people had been to the fair because there was another event that had taken place on the other side of the county and not saying that they got it because of that, but right. you can't, no, no one was a super spreader. And that was the thing that we, we have the data. Dan has it with him and we we've, we've shared it with IFE. And so hopefully these other fairs in other States will realize that these open event outdoor venues are safe yep plain and simple now and we did due diligence we asked that you wear a mask when you went inside the buildings we asked the concessionaires to wear a mask inside their concession stands but if you're out eating wandering around riding rides you know down the rodeo we didn't ask you to wear a mask we did have social distancing on the bleachers some followed some didn't we did due diligence and that's the one thing that Back again, when we started doing the Zoom meetings back in um, June and we started met every week, it wasn't me. It wasn't any person in particular. It was the team of Florida Federation of Fair members, board of directors, and folks that got general managers from county fairs that got on there and went through this thing and talking and concessionaires even that came on with us. And we talked about how we're going to lay the path to get there. Um, when we got into September and we did our summer fall, um, summer workshop, yeah. you know, we, we had almost 80 people there and we met and we talked about that kind of stuff and, and we kept going and we had 
the plans for from wage shows and Big Rock and Degler attractions and, you know, Ridehoffer shows, the, the midways that are out there, we had their, their COVID plans and, and how they were going to operate safely. So anybody that asked, yes, we have those things. Yes, we can do this. Right. And it took the whole team to walk through. And, and that's so when Danny started it and well, and you know, we had a couple fairs in the fall, but the main thing that started happening was in January when Danny and then West Palm opened up, we had the game plan and, and we were ready to roll. Yeah. I think it's a real testament um, to what you guys did. All of your, all of your fairs down within the Florida Federation, the one consistency in speaking to um, guests on the podcast in January and February, everybody in the nation is watching Florida. Absolutely. They're looking at every data point. And I think I, I, I listen, I understand folks at, at home that are listening to this, you're out, you know, you're in, I don't know, California someplace and you're scared to open because you've listened to so much of the talking heads on the TV and you're convinced if you open, you're going to kill a hundred thousand people. Please understand there is a plan in place that has been demonstrated effective. We can open these events safely. And listen, if you've got an indoor arena and you, you might decide, or even if it's outdoor, you might decide like the Florida strawberry festival did and say, you know what? We're not going to cram 8,000 people shoulder to shoulder for concerts right now. You might decide that. But overall, your events can be done and done safely. And every fair in Florida laid, the, laid down the groundwork for you to do that. The roadmap well, is and, there. And Robert, also, your sacred cows, this, this helped some people get rid of some sacred cows that needed to be gotten rid of. Amen. You know, I mean, there again, I was down in West Palm Saturday. And I was talking to Paige Poole and Becky Boucher, who are over the livestock down there. And they normally have their show in one of the buildings. Well, they moved it to the open covered arena, but it was the outdoor arena. And they got a big tent for the, for the dairy and the livestock and everything. Well, they really liked it out there. It was, it was nice and cool out there. It was, it was a much better um, attended event all the way around because Sometimes when you have a closed building, people don't want to go in and see what's going on. Where an open event covered area, they'll they'll come on into it. It's it's inviting, right. you know. Right. Um, Dan, Danny made the comment with West Palm. You know, he's wanted to put seating down the middle of their independent midway. I mean, I'm sorry, with Manatee County. Sorry, they wanted to put seating down the middle of his independent more so. So with this, he had to move all of his center stands out and move them to the lineup. Loved it. Everybody loved it. There was more seating for them and stuff like that. So a lot of things like that happened. And it, it was it was really neat to see some of these fairs, how they adjusted and and overcame this. Well, and you know this, that you've been on the board at Pasco. I'm sure you've heard it in your board meetings before. Well, we've always done it that way. That's yeah. why it has to be. And it's and that is that is a it's a poison statement, really. The the fairs that I've talked to on this podcast, even the, even if they didn't have a fair, but they they did a fair food drive-through or they had a drive-in movie event or they did some sort of, of other event where all of a sudden they realized, you know, we bring traffic in that way. Man, does it flow a lot better than if we bring it in the other that other gate. All these little, like you call them, the little sacred cows, as you will, that, well, we've Absolutely. always done it that way. No board member anywhere in this country was allowed in the last year to say, well, we've always done it that way because literally 
everything that you knew as a fair was erased and you had to build from the bottom up. And a lot of fairs along the way that I've talked to went, Hey, this bread like this created more room for seating or Absolutely. it created a better flow. We didn't have that choke point like, like we've always had. Cause the one thing that, listen, none of these fairs are Disney. Okay. Disney literally has their Imagineers running model simulations on how people move through their parks. Sure. Oh, how wide the streets need to be, how far between tra- nobody in the fair industry is running models like that. So we're shooting from the hip a lot of times when we a lay out of our yeah. And if this, if this, this crisis that we went through forced fairs to go, you know what, moving that hot dog vendor to the other side of the street, not only made him more money, but it opened up this whole area. So we don't have a choke point more power to everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and Robert, the, the concessionaires that you've got on board with this stuff, okay? UCA, what a wonderful group they are. They've been talking to fairs up north that they're trying to get the Northeast open. And so they started, they have a Zoom meeting once every three weeks or whatever. And they started talking with these fairs and these fairs would come on and, and ask all these questions. And finally, UCA said, okay, hold on. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring Florida fairs onto our meeting so y'all can ask them the questions and y'all can communicate with them and, and hear it from them, from the horse's mouth and not from, you know, your government that's telling you, no, no, you can't do this. Right. And so we've got on there and myself, Danny Alfonso, um, and a couple others from Dan West and others from Florida got on there and we started talking to these fairs up in the Northeast and saying, here's what we're doing. Here's how we're doing it. Here's what you need to do here. We're doing it safely. You do this, you do this, you do this. And they're going, okay. And, and then some of them wouldn't ask questions and Samantha would say, okay, I got a question from someone because they were scared to ask it because they thought, Oh, this is a dumb question. And we say, guys, there is no dumb questions. Let us help you. Let us tell you what's, what's going on. And away we go. And we've got nothing but positive feedback from them. And, and what a great job. I mean, I know you see it's looking out for themselves, trying to, or looking out for the industry, trying to help get everybody open. But what a great job they did by starting this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's really been um, eye-opening to see what um, this pandemic has forced our industry into as far as, as innovating. Even, you know, I had Ron Diamond on, um, was recording with him right before you came on the show. And um, he and I both agreed that one of the coolest things to see is the way that um, our fairs are embracing technology that they never did before, or or only small pockets of the industry did. You, whether it's Zoom, um, um, you know, at home, you know, ticketing, wireless, you know, wireless ticketing, everything on the smartphone, all these reducing touch points, all all this technology that's available. And I've been saying for years, I'm like, why? And I know there's a cost involved, but like why are fairs not all going to the digital ticketing and the fairs I've some fairs I've literally talked to when I've given presentations on, on social media marketing. Well, we've always sold our ride bands at Walgreens or we've always sold our ride bands at the bank. And it's like, my argument's always been, okay, who's the, who's the decision maker in most families when it comes to coming to the fair, it's the busy soccer mom who's making the decision. So yeah. what's, what's easier asking busy soccer mom after she's been at work all day, has to get the kids from school, got to get them to soccer practice, got to get dinner going, all that jazz. By the way, could you stop by your bank, which probably closes at 4 p.m., by the way, and buy a ride band or 
you're, you know, the Pasco County Fair is going to put out an ad that's, uh, you know, 15% off. And she's in her pajamas swiping on her, her iPhone at night and goes, oh, hey, honey, are we going to the fair this weekend? Click done. Yeah. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. And, and, that, and you're right. And that, that was the thing that a lot of people talked about down at convention this year is new things, new ways. I mean, there, there's, there's some stuff technology has been out there for years, like you said. And we've been pushing to get different things. Um, Billy White with Shawnee has those sign digital signboards and everything. And we've been wanting to use them for several years. And our budget finance director saw them and he's like, oh, my gosh, we could put those out in front of Publix or Walmart or wherever that shows our sponsors, that shows what entertainment we have coming and, you know, drives, give clips to what entertainers, you know, we have. Are you talking about the, the LED A-frames? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, so now our budget finance committee, they're all jacked about that and they're ready to use these things, which is great because now, you know, Robert Smith comes in and he's a sponsor for the Pasco County Fair. Well, the only time people really see him leading up to the fair is on the website or, you know, any print that goes out. Right. Well, now... Every time you, everybody that goes into Publix or whatever grocery store you shop at, you're going to see these. You're going to see the sponsors. You're going to see the entertainers that are coming in. You're, you're going to see, you know, it's going to direct you to our website for other things. And it's, people read them. The thing that I, my thing is always, where's the attention? Where is the attention? I have used for a long time. I, I had A-frame signs in my booth at trade shows. Nobody looks down. They were might as well have been invisible, but those LED A frames that yes. are running, what are they about six feet tall, five and a yeah. half feet? I mean, they're tall. Yeah. People stop and look. That's sure. what you got to think about is where are the eyeballs? Those things are getting eyeballs. And if you can throw those things on the back of a, okay, you don't want to throw them. All right. So for the guys at Shawnee, I wouldn't recommend them. <laughs> Very carefully place them in the back of an F 150. Yes. <laughs> like you say, drive it to Publix because Publix is one of your sponsors. And hey, we're going to plug this in and we're going to run it all day long uh, for a weekend. That's really, man, that you literally, and I'm not a big fan of billboards, you know this, but yeah. you've got a mobile billboard that's literally getting the eyeballs and you could put it right in front of them because you can put it at the entrance to Publix. Yeah, exactly. And our commercial that's running on TV can also go on there. You can put so, any, you can program anything you want in it. If it's exactly piece, you can program it, put whatever you want in there. Exactly, and and that that's huge, and and that's the thing that you know our folks are really getting excited about now. I mean, they're already talking. Hey, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. And it's like the technology is finally coming into play. I tell you what, for all the years that I started as a magician, and then I climbed, you know, I, I climbed my butt into a little fortune box, and now I do these ad games. The second I saw those Shawnee LED boards, I was like, my whole life Why did I waste. Why did I not do that? Because <laughs> I literally, Ollie, I would only had to create one and put it at a convention and all of you suckers would have come running to it. Oh. I, I tip my, I, I salute and tip my hat to, uh, to the folks at Shawnee because they did an incredible job with that product. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and everybody talks about it. You know, I mean, and, and you know, the thing is now TikTok is the huge thing with kids and stuff like that imagine the tiktok stuff that you can put on there you know 
I mean, you can do a lot of neat stuff with those boards. Now, here's an idea. I'm just going to float this out because this just hit me, and I don't know if there's a way to do it to integrate with TikTok and with these boards. But years ago, I did a TEDx Albuquerque event, and they had a big board out in the lobby. And as you would tweet and use the hashtag, you know, hashtag TEDxABQ, it would automatically, it would, they had a software program that would search the tweets and then they would put up tweets on the board automatically. I don't know if there's a way you could integrate with TikTok, but how cool would that be to have one of those sitting in the food court at the Pasco County Fair that's crawling TikTok. And when people are putting TikToks, from the Pasco County Fair, it pops up on that board at the food court and they can see themselves like that might be a cool idea. Cool I don't idea. know. I don't know. It, 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 there's got to be a way to be able to integrate that. If it's not already Shawnee, get on that. You guys, let's go. <laughs> exactly. Let's go. I mean, you know how TikTok, I, I understand the attention arbitrage on it. I don't understand necessarily like the trends is like, Oh, it's a TikTok trend with a certain song, and then the next five hundred TikToks I look at, four hundred of them are the exact same TikTok. Exactly. I don't quite get it, but maybe but maybe hey. that was maybe that was the signal to me that I'm getting old. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, but you look at the people doing some of the TikToks. I mean, I, it's an it's an interesting thing. I. Tech, you know, technology is going to do what technology is going to do. And if the market, that's one thing that I really, I love about the market-based society is that if the market, and it's the same thing for, I tell people at trade shows, if you're good enough, the market will accept you. It might take Absolutely. a little bit. It took me a lot of years to start breaking through with Florida. And I found now that I've, I've been around long enough with Florida, I think the reason for that is you guys are a very tight knit group. You like what you like. You've got your, those established relationships and you're not flipping it up a lot. If you, cause a lot of your fares operate on a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So like when Ron diamond's been at Sarasota for 30 years, there ain't no hypnotist that's going to show up in the industry. And Sarasota and Rory is going to be like, well, sorry, Ron, we're switching you out because they have that established relationship. So for the entertainers out there and the associates that are like, man, how do I break into Florida? The key word is patience. Just be patient and build relationships. You'll get there. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, Ron played our fair for over 18 years before he had the opportunity to play Lee County Fair, Franz yeah. Fair. And it was a longer fair and it was a little bit more money. Yeah. And so we kind of, okay. And then we didn't, and they overlap us enough that it doesn't work to bring him back. And they really like having him there. That's great. So finally, this year we finally brought a hypnotist back in with Brad Matchett. Yeah. And wow, I mean, what a great job he's done. And so hopefully we'll have him next year and, you know, we'll get a nice little stand out of him. It's a totally different show than what Ron. And that's the neat thing about that. It's not, you know, some of these guys get in the same show and this is totally different. And we, we really like that. Um, and normally a lot of fans in Florida, it's normally two years and they'll roll you out for a year or so. And then they, yep. you know, try to back. But you hit the nail on the head. A lot of it is don't sell your show. Just come out and, and be you and, and hang out and talk and network that way. And once you develop those friendships and everything, people start looking at you and go, you know what? And, and that's really what happened with Brad. I've known Brad forever, you yeah. know, and we've gone and watched the show in Lake County for years. 
Um, and finally, it was one of these things where we just pulled the trigger on it. And, you know, what a great kudos to Tracy for, you know, being the innovator and said, hey, let's do this and let's get him, let's get this guy in there. Yeah. So, yeah. It's okay. if you're coming into the Florida Federation as an associate and you've never been before, don't plan on standing in that trade show booth and, and jamming your flyer in somebody's hand and they fall in love with you. That's just not how no. it's going to work. My life in Florida affairs changed. Actually, it was the last year that we were in Naples before then we went to St. Augustine and then Orlando and back like we were all up. So it was what was that? Five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, I remember John Owens was still alive at the time and I'm standing in that ballroom going, there is nobody in here. It is just the associate standing around because everybody else is at a, a meeting or something. And I went out to one of the ed sessions that John was teaching on marketing. And in the middle of that session, he said, oh, Robert, you got a good grip on uh, the social media stuff. What do you think about this? And I spoke for like 90 seconds, like you know, gave my brief thought on something. And I had two fairs come up to me afterwards in the trade show and go, I really, I hadn't thought about that. I didn't realize you can do that. Can you take some more time and tell us about that? These were not fairs that I, that had a budget to book me, but they were fairs that were building a relationship with me. Exactly. And that's what, that's where it starts. Go build a relationship. This is Florida fed is, is, is a different ball of wax than a lot. You see it's to me, the easiest fairs to book are the, are what I would call the corporate fairs. Yeah, it's it. They're year round event planners. They're doing what they do. They expect to get their promo kit or whatever. They see what they like. They message you. You get rates. You do a little negotiation. Boom, you're done because it's a very corporate relationship and there's a relationship there, but it's not like Florida Fed. It's not like Florida Fed. Like I feel like with a lot of these people in Florida, if I genuinely needed something and I made a phone call, I could get what I needed. Oh, absolutely. I don't know that I could get that with a lot of other fairs. And that's not faulting the other fairs. They're just, it's just a different type of relationship. We're, like I said before, we're a very caring organization and fairs in Florida. We share stuff all the time. I mean, like, we can't afford picnic tables, the wooden picnic tables. But, yeah, those get a little pricey. Manatee County has them. They're not using them during our fair. Hey, Danny, can I borrow 10 picnic tables? Absolutely. Yep. We send a truck down. We get them. We got the picnic tables. Danny and I are coming back Saturday. Danny's concert for the big wants to be open air chairs and stuff like that. Danny goes, I just don't have the chairs. I said, how many do you need? He said, I'm looking 500, maybe 600 chairs. I said, Danny, we got them. We bought them from Strawberry Festival several years ago. They're we nice never gave them back. <laughs> no, we bought them from them. We oh, bought, you them, bought them. them. I thought you said we you bought, borrowed them. No, no, <laughs> no, no, we bought them. We bought them. Yeah. And so, so we had the chairs. We're getting picnic tables from him. We got chairs. Come get them. Just, you know. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. And that's the thing about Florida. We, we do share stuff all the time. And, and we talk to each other. And, and you know, I, I my phone, I can't tell you the phone numbers that are on here from fairs. I can pick up and call anybody anytime. You know, yep. hey, I haven't heard from you from in a while. Are you okay? What's going on? You know, so, yeah. you know. Well, you know, and it's like you. Congratulations again, being our new associate director for Florida Federation Affairs. That's Thank awesome, you, man. Thank um, you. So, you know, there well are times, deserved. Sarah and I were talking about that, and it's this industry is one where there's times where you get on a roll and you're like, ah, finally progress. And then you kind of hit a wall, and, and like COVID was kind of that wall. And like, I'm going, wait, do the, do the Florida people like me? Do they not like me? What's going on? And then 
when uh, Bill called and said, hey, we'd like to, you know, talk to you about being the associate director. I'm like, okay, they do. They, they are good with me because if you weren't good with me, I never would have gotten that phone call. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, 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 and I'll, I'll share this. There was discussion because of everything that's going on in the industry right now with H2B2 workers and OABA, you know, trying to, we're trying to get, even IFE is working on that. You know, do we need Heidi Degler, who was one of our associate directors, and Eddie Paselli is our other. Right. It's Heidi, it was Heidi's year to roll off. Do we bring back in another Midway company? And I was like, no, right now, no. We can create another committee and have the Midway companies there, but we need we, we need somebody else right now. And Bill agreed, and and that's you know everybody said you know you were the person. And there's there's things that you know that we don't know, and there's things that we know that you don't know. And so there's the technology. What do you know, Jim? What do you know? Not a lot, but shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but the technology stuff. I mean, there there's stuff out there right now that ways to market Florida Fed because I'm all about branding. And you, you saw that from the ball caps to the, the shirts that the board of directors had and, and other people have. Uh, even, you know, rain jackets. You know, some of us have lightweighted rain jackets. Some of them are heavyweighted rain jackets because we got the heavy ones when it was cold and realized it ain't cold that much. But anyway, I'm about branding, and, and that's all marketing stuff. And we want to make sure that this organization is branded in such a way that everybody knows who Florida Fed is and, and that the Florida Fairs are out here and we're, we're, you know, next year, zone one is coming to Florida. Zone two is already coming to Florida. Yep. I mean, so if, if everybody's coming to Florida to be part of the Florida Federation Affairs Convention, we've got to be doing something right. Yeah, for and sure. We're, and, and we're that strong and that big. Well, so. you talk about branding. I'm looking forward to getting that shirt from you and wearing it when I go to IFE. I mean, I won't have it on in my booth, but when I'm out and about and, uh, you know, in the lobby or going to ed sessions, I will proudly fly that blue, blue polo and, and rocket. Be like, this is, this is where my flag goes. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you well, know, and we, we, we talk about the relationships and stuff. I mean, and, and how long you and I have been associated with each other. You know, I can remember standing in the trade show one day, and this was before Conjure. You, this was in the in the the magic the, street the, magic live. The, the imagination, you know. Here's and you said, here's what I'm thinking about. Do you remember the movie? And and here's what I want to do and stuff like that. Yep. And you and I start talking about, you know, yeah, you got to do this. And and you were like, okay, so do I hand them a card or do I figure out a way to where there's a button push that sends, sends yeah. the card out or whatever? And all the all that stuff and and how it all came about and. That was cool stuff. I mean, who else would have thought about that kind of stuff? I mean, that was neat. Well, I kind of owe the creation of, of Conjure Fortune Machine to the Florida Federation to begin with. I can show you the exact spot I was standing in the ballroom in St. Augustine when it happened. Because I was with, oh. it was 2000, it was May of 11, 2011. I was with, uh, in Triangle Talents booth. Yep. And we were talking about, I wanted a unique way to do magic because to me, yep. There's 10, you know, there's 10,000 magicians in this industry. There's not a lot that differentiates any of them, but I really loved how Steve Hamilton, Steve, the pretty good, uh, did his flying carpet deal. And he was a character who happened to do magic. And so I wanted 
to create something like that. And Richard Renner, who was with Triangle Talent, said, do you remember Zoltar from the movie Big? I said, yeah. He goes, you should do that. You should build one of those. And I said, wait, you want me to go from being on like a, a small platform or, or out on the street in front of, you know, 100 people? You want just one or two people to come up and press the button? He's like, yep, totally do it. That, that's not going to work. And he said, no, it's going to work. And he called Sparks over and, and Mark said, uh, I love the idea. If you don't do it, and he gave me a deadline. It was, I think it was IEFE that year. He said, if you yeah. don't do it, then w- one of us is going to do it. And so I built that first version. I had no idea what it was. I just built no. a box and I got in it. And then come May of, of 2012, the real box had finally been built from my prototype box. And now we had the real box. And that's when you, I remember you coming up and going, we were having this conversation and you were like, well, you might want to think about this. Yeah. You might want to think about that. Cause I still didn't know what the hell it was going to be. Oh, yeah. So I do owe the entire creation of this thing to Florida, to Florida fed. So uh, thank you to all of you that helped me make this thing happen. But, but there again, that shows being part of the family, plain and simple. You know? Yeah, I suppose. But even back then, if you didn't like me, you wouldn't have even said anything. Heck no, <laughs> you would have been like, "Good luck, kid." <laughs> yeah, but, the, but 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 it seemed like what you said with Mark Sparks. You know, I, I can pick up the phone if I have a question about somebody. It might not even be somebody Mark represents. I can call and say, "Hey, Mark, we're looking at this. What do you think?" Because we trust what Mark says. You know, yeah. I mean, he's got a Mark, lot of experience. Yeah, and and he'll say, "Well, you know." Yeah, 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 or no, no, or whatever. But the one thing, just like talking with you about different things, Mark has never, ever tried to cram triangle talent down our throat. If we're looking at another company, he's going to be open and honest about it. And he doesn't say, oh, well, I have something like that. No, he doesn't do that. And that's the the thing. And that's the reason everybody likes Mark so much, and, and they do so well. Yeah. So... Yep, he's great. I really enjoyed having him on the show. The stories that guy can tell, I'll tell you what, man. Wow. That, oh, yeah. He, he comes from a place of real experience from his entertainment days all the way through to his uh, agency days. And he's he's uh, he's seen some stuff in, in his time. Yep. He's got great stories to share and great wisdom to share. Listen, uh, we're running just about out of time here on the show. I really thought we were going to be talking like 35 minutes, but I could talk fairs with you for hours and hours. This could be a Joe Rogan length podcast before, if we're not careful. Yeah. Before we go, everyone who comes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. So I'm going to ask All right. quick questions. You give me your best response for each. Are you ready? I'm ready. Favorite fair food. Favorite fair food? Pizza. Pizza, and that adds goes to my next question. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. No. We'll ask Spaghetti Eddie whether what he thinks about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask Eddie. Uh, favorite movie? I'm sorry. Say it again. Favorite movie. Favorite movie has to be Field of Dreams. Yes, my man. I've got. Oh man, there's half this stuff. This bat right here. From Field of Dreams. There you go. I went, I did the, a show out in Waterloo, Iowa years ago. Uh, Sparks got it for me. And I, I made sure to fly out of Des Moines late one day. So after the fair is over, I could go over to the field and actually go see this amazing. Uh, I digress. When you travel, name one item you absolutely must have with you. Um, my pillow. Good pillow, yep. What's worse, laundry or dishes? Dishes. 
And name one fair. This is a funny question for the guy who's been to like 28 fairs. <laughs> name one fair you've never been to, but you'd love to see. Calgary Stampede. That sounds like fun. Let's go. You and me both. We're out. Let's go for it. Jim, where can folks learn more about the Florida Federation and the Pasco County Fair? Pasco County Fair, you can go to pascocountyfair.com to our website and you can learn all you want there. For Florida Federation Affairs, go to floridafederationaffairs.com and you can learn everything you need to know about Florida Fed and become a member of the Florida Federation Affairs. All that is right there on our website. Yep, and we'd love to have you in the Florida Federation. Jim Ward, Pasco County Fair in Dade City, Florida, and immediate past president of the Florida Federation of Fairs and Livestock Shows. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much, Robert, for having me on your show. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com. 